Sid, what's up? Not much. Just hanging out with the dogs. Nice. Thanks for being on the Troublemakers podcast. Thanks for having me. It was super dope the other day when we were chatting. And then you were like, hey, I would do that. And I was like, we should do that. Absolutely. I love talking about things. Well, and I didn't think... I guess I did, but I didn't. Um, we like we are on a parallel path, you and me. Hey, a little bit. Like it's it's kind of crazy, but it's not. And I mean, as you get older, I kind of see it a bit. Oh, for sure. Um. So yeah, it's it's cool that we're talking about this this week because last week I was talking about community and the sense of community and. And that sort of thing. And like what, when I was young, I hated about being in a small town. But now that I'm older, I like find value in it. I did actually listen to that episode. So I know exactly where you're going with this. Excellent. But it's fun because you and I come from the same place. We're cut from the same mold, you and me. Yes. Oh, absolutely. We are. So... Do you want to do your little low the lowdown, or do you want me to do the lowdown on you? You do the lowdown, and let's see how good you are at it. Well, now I'm like pressured. Um, Sid's super cool. I've known Sid like her whole life because um, she's my cousin. We come from the same small town, and for people that don't know, it's pretty much like the buckle of Canada's Bible. Um, Very rural. It's quite conservative. It's, it's got a Bible college. Like the Bible college is three quarters of the town's population at any given time. So I was only there part-time throughout my life, but you lived there your whole life. I did. What was it like? Oh, it was very interesting. So I was raised Catholic, not super strict Catholic, but raised Catholic. And the town that I was in is mostly Christian. And ironically, used to get bullied for being Catholic. <laughs> um, Isn't that weird? I, it's so backwards from, I mean, what's supposed to happen, but it's... Uh, like, it was good. I loved being raised in a small town for the fact that I had a lot of, like, freedom. I could, you know, come home with the streetlights come on. I'm very relaxed in that manner. But I always felt like an outsider. Like, I didn't belong. I didn't fit in with people. It questioned a lot of things that I thought about myself. And, like, yeah, it was very, I guess, perplexing, if you will. <laughs> Pros it's- and cons. I I hear you like a hundred percent. Like you and I have talked on it before, and I do also want to say like Sid has probably one of my favorite tattoo collections. And as an older cousin, when I saw Sid, because I hadn't saw you for quite some time, and I was like, yeah. "Holy shit!" Like I'm proud. I'm proud of my heart because yeah. I was always the one that was like 
I, I didn't do what was supposed to happen, you know, like, especially being like a boy in a farming family, my path was kind of laid out, but that was never the path I wanted, you know? So seeing you take like a different path, I was like, this, this, this lady's dope. I, I'm like pretty (laughs) proud of her and your tattoos are pretty awesome. They are pretty awesome. I'm definitely, yeah, definitely don't fit the normal societal mold, I guess, of what is to be expected of a woman coming from where I came from. True. I mean, I guess my my thinking, and I could be wrong, and please correct me if I am, um, but I still think of, like, rural communities where it's, like, the dudes do x like you're born into a farm family yeah and and your path is you're gonna farm and that's it and as like a female you know you can you can work you can do that stuff like we're not in the middle ages but priority is still like you you marry the cute farm boy from you know the next town over yeah and you can work (laughs) and you know have a we'll say quotation career but like the farm is still priority oh absolutely i'm i'm kind of on track yeah no that's definitely the vibe i'm very like i guess privileged in a way because my parents never really raised me to like be married i suppose but growing up like watching watching the farm wives and the farming community and it very very much is not my jam that yeah i i'm not meant to be a housewife <laughs> well and knowing you now as an adult i'm like i i totally can't see that being the cards for you where you're like your your purpose is to like make meals at harvest and you know oh god <laughs> i think i think with us and i i'm pretty candid like people that follow me know that I'm pretty candid and I'm a pretty private person. Um, One thing I think with us is we were lucky to have like a really independent free thinking grandma who was very not, she was ahead of her time in a lot of her thinking. Um, The one I always think of is like our grandma, her whole life never drove. Mm-hmm. Do you know why? Because she didn't want to have to drive the grain trucks. <laughs> exactly. And I mean, talk about commitment. But oh, she didn't right. drive anything. Like, she didn't drive a garden tractor. She didn't drive anything. Because if I learned to drive A, I would end up driving a combine. Yes. We definitely had a free-thinking grandma who was also very stubborn and set in her ways, I think. Oh, yes. Like oh, was... def- definitely so. Yeah. Um, she also, uh, like, I think always pr- kind of prided herself on, like, never being a Saskatchewan dirt farmer wife. That was Yeah, no, she was very independent and liked that she was accomplished, but just grew She's up old. in the wrong era to be as smart as she was, I suppose. True. Could you imagine if she was, like, your age now 
Oh my gosh. Well, she was so intelligent. Like she finished school at 16 and like just, you know, could have been a doctor, but in her time, that wasn't what you did. And mm-hmm. and know. I mean, came across the country where she knew mm-hmm. no one. Well, exactly. So, I mean, I think, I think we're lucky that way. And as a family unit, um, we've kind of been raised like there's there's obviously like the traditional farm values but even within our family unit I mean we've kind of been more exposed to the quote non-traditional from a very young age yeah I would agree and we've always kind of been encouraged to like I credit it to like grandma I credit it to like my dad Jim that like really instilled you know question things if they don't make sense ask the questions but always like be who you are yeah you know so for me I guess bouncing between city and farm and you know every other destination that I've Mm -hmm. bounced during it's always kind of just been like following who I am, right? Yeah. So see where I think I have like a little bit of a different experience just because I didn't bounce around, so I wasn't exposed to a lot of people. So I struggled to like figure out who I was. And because I mean I'm queer, I'm gay, I like men and women. So I found that really hard to like find that piece of me and like actually understand that the feelings that I was feeling were like authentic to me and not like some something bad Mm -hmm. and like even after I had Adler like struggling with I mean I knew I shouldn't have like shouldn't be with his dad but being told that like I should be or it being like weird like I'd go to Pambrin and I or I go home and I feel judged and you know because that's technically a, a sin, if you will. Yeah, that's so yeah. I definitely like that's true. Struggled. It's been probably in the last three years that I've really like figured out who I was outside of what everyone else's expectations of we, me were. Mm-hmm. So, and then maybe that's because I'm a like grew up as a woman rather than a man, or different than you. I didn't travel around a lot as a young kid like I was exposed to a lot of the stuff in my life like after I left home true I guess yeah that's that would definitely be different with us because it was I mean as a kid I was like all over the place you know Mm -hmm. and it was weird like I I sometimes talk on it you know like our grandparents had a ton to do with raising me yeah um but like you and I were kind of chatting earlier and it was weird for me, like when I was young, um, like finding somewhere that I fit mm-hmm. because, you know, like in the city, I was, I was still like wanting to be on the farm, right? Like there's, yeah. there's never been a question. My heart is always on a farm. You know, that's my recentering is, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, so in the city, it was like I was too farm. On the farm, I was too city. And even within, like, my friend groups growing up, I always kind of knew I was different. Yeah. Just that a lot of 
the people that I grew up with, like, were, were, were small thinking. Yeah, and, I can definitely relate to you on all those points. And, like, even, even something as silly, like, like, small thinking, like, even geographically. Yeah. I was never one where it was, like, I'm going to finish high school in this city. I'm going to marry a girl from this city. I'm going to stay in this city my whole life. I never once was like that. To me, it was like, there's a whole world. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally feel the same. Like after I graduated, I've bounced around from tons of places, you know, been to Alberta. I've been out of the country. I've lived in numerous different places in different cities and, but even when I was st- stable at home, I still never felt like I quite fit. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, you'll have like a TSN turning point moment where you're like, this is where my heart is, or it's like a balance. Yeah, I'm definitely kind of getting into the balance now. Like, I know I definitely want to spend some time out in BC because it makes my heart happy out there. But mm-hmm. being in Swift Current, I feel good. I've like met some pillars for friends and have kind of like established myself a little bit so I'm feeling like I've you know I'm figuring out who I am as my own person what that looks like so we're getting there well and you know what I mean I'm way older I won't say how much older but I'm way older and it's it's a continuous thing oh you know like I I I feel like when you're when you have to live in a world with other people (laughs) there's always going to be that thing like I looking back on on my life I mean working rigs was something that was kind of expected of me Mm -hmm. you know like my other family that's that's it like you're this is what you do and I mean a lot of people don't know I even dropped out of high school for a while because I was like why do I need to go to high school I'm just gonna do this Mm -hmm. but even working rigs, it was like, I don't, I can play the part enough to like function, but I'm not a bro. Yeah. You know, that's never been me. And even when I was young, I was always into like art and clothes and music and, you know, and a girl being a, a dude in small town Saskatchewan, that's not really received that well. Oh my god, that's just like a whole other host of issues. <laughs> like, but I so completely for, understand. It it's all it's it's hard to explain sometimes to like people that don't understand. But it's like you have such a you have such a like I'll say path laid out like what you should be. Like I think yeah. I think of when I moved to the small town that I moved to I moved in grade 10 and I mean I grew up young and I grew up fast so I mean I moved out there and I was like skateboarding I was already tattooed I was you know in trouble when I was in the city I did all this other stuff and then I moved to this small town where most of the people like a big adventure would be going to the town near them that has 20,000 people. Yeah. You know, and it was like, and, and most of them, that was like a, a once a month opportunity. So there was just like, no, there was no sense of like peer. 
you know? So that was weird. And then you try explaining to these cowboys, like, well, anywhere other than here, people dress like this. Yeah. You know, people, boys can have long hair. Yeah. Oh, that like very strict mold of boys have short hair. They wear jeans and t-shirts and like, don't show too much emotion. Don't show too much what you like. Don't be too feminine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I always joke because I mean, now I'm cool with it. Like I, I, I own who I am and I, I mean, anyone that knows me knows I don't really give a shit if I don't fit because my mold's mine. It's my story. And even like the, the funny, when my photography had started and I started doing, you know, bigger things for bigger brands, um, the two sides that were hilarious is like in my photography life, no one understood that I had a day job where I worked like rigs, like the, the epicenter of toxic masculinity Oh God! <laughs> or then my day job where they're like, you hang out with a camera and take pictures of girls. Oh, that's awesome. And it's like, it, it was always weird. Right. It was, it was mm-hmm. like, Feeling like you're that that square peg, round hole, round peg, square hole. You know what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I've always, and even now in in my professional world, I I do my own thing. I'm not, I can't, I can't really find that thing where it's just like, this is the bubble I want to be in. I've just come to terms with like, I don't want a bubble. I just want to make my own whatever it is. Yeah, no, I, I feel that even, like, in regards to, like, the the mold that we were talking about, like, for myself, it was, like, girls dress feminine, and they have light hair, and they're nice and sweet and, like, whatever, where that's, like, not me at all. Like, right now, I have black hair, I shave the back of my head, I have tattoos, I like to cross the line between masculinity and femininity when I dress, and, like, once I got out of that, it definitely opened the whole world to me. But I know what you mean, like, in regards to, like, even working on the rigs, like, me working in the service industry, like, I fem myself up, if you will, <laughs> for the service industry to make money. Right. Off of those men that you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, like, I I don't know. It's it. Some of this stuff, like, always makes me laugh. Because part of it is, like, how do these people, and maybe it's just, the, you know, the way that you and I are programmed, but it's, like, how do these people a lot of times not see how cliche they are? You know, like, mm-hmm. I get asked, um, it, it's going to be a shameless plug on my clothing label, because why wouldn't I? And I mean, everyone <laughs> has a clothing label. That's normal for a... A, a man my age to decide they're having a clothing label. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I remember when I did my first releases and anything I do, I'm a hundred percent in like, if yeah. my name's going on it, I don't half ass anything. Yeah. So when it came out, it was like corals and pastel pinks and mint and all of this. And I had gotten asked like, why did you do this? Why didn't you just do, black white and gray 
you know, nobody's going to wear this. And I was like, well, they are. And, you know, I, I'm sorry. I don't live my life wearing Hurley. I don't surf. I don't wear Burton. I don't snowboard. And guess what? I don't frost my tips or wear white sunglasses (laughs) either. Taking a real throwback there. Well, no, there's still people that do, though. I mean, I see you're like rig guys sometimes, and it's like you're, you're, you're rocking white sunglasses. Like they still make those, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like you're you're judging me for my eyewear, which I do have pretty sweet eyewear, and you're rocking like knockoff white Oakleys. Well, I think Come it just on. all circles back to toxic masculinity, though. Like being told that you can't wear that or do that, or you know, I'm I'm raising my son to, you know, he wears whatever he wants. He loves having his nails painted. He likes doing makeup with me when I used to get ready for work, and like, you know, I'm exposing him to both to like let him know that he can be both. But I think a lot of like little boys didn't get that opportunity, and then you grow up in a very heteronormative world where you know, man must not show emotion or too much of himself because that's a display of weakness. And Because I think there's a lot of men out there that I think a lot of the, like, jealousy and stuff, too, comes from envy almost. Because Mm -hmm. you are so free and, like, doing what you do and wearing what you want and, like, you don't really care. Whereas a lot of these men, like, can't get over that fact because they have to fit a certain like, mold. That's fair. I never thought of it that way. Well, yeah, because that's what's expected. Like, you know, you got to be macho and do all these things and be the protector and the provider. And I mean, it's a lot of pressure for a man as well. Like, I don't envy men in most times either. It's pretty sweet when we can pee in the back alley and no one knows. Well, I mean, I can do that too. (laughs) Wow. It's not as quick. Fair. No, I mean, there's definitely privileges to being a man. I mean, growing up in this world as a woman, but I do think that there's a lot of disadvantages too because art and creativity is really nurtured in women where it's not nurtured in men, whereas it should be. That's true. Because it's seen as something that's feminine, which is just toxic masculinity, because who's to say that art or the color pink is feminine? Like, it's a color. Right. It doesn't have a gender. <laughs> I, I, I like your, I like where your head's at, kid. Thank you. I know. I mean, I, I'm never going to say I was not part of toxic masculinity because I have been. Um, but I, I think a lot of us were, a lot of us men were raised that way. Oh, I think even um, women can have toxic masculinity too, like towards men, like expecting certain things or not allowing them to you know, show their more feminine side because it's not, like, I know lots of women that don't like when men cry because it's seen as weak, and it's like, it's not weak, it's an emotion. Like. that, Yeah. So I think it flows both ways. I super like that you're raising the son, your son the way you are. Um, Simply because, I mean, it needs to be done. The world, the world needs more of that. The world needs more just, like, be you, do whatever, you know, and, like, let's let's toss this 
sense of, you know, what's, what we're supposed to do out. Um, for me, I, I, in my family, I'm known as like the sappy son. Mm-hmm. And it kind of started, I mean, as I've been having my adventure of my life, which sometimes is an adventure and sometimes a disaster. Um, when I had lost my grandpa a f- couple years ago, I had kind of started like embracing the fact of telling people that I care about that I love them mm-hmm. because I do. Yeah. You know, and it really hit like it hit home with me when my grandpa passed because Jess and I were in the room and mm-hmm. I was I was lucky enough to like tell him that I loved him. Right. Yeah. We knew it was happening and it kind of hit to me. It was like, you know what? My family isn't an expressive family, but if something happened to my brother or my dad or my grandma, you know, and I didn't have that, that would like eat me up. So I started all the time. And my dad was like, my dad was a little bit not taken back, but just a little surprised. Yeah. Whenever I would talk to him and I would tell him I would love him. And then I would wait because we don't tell each other that. And I would wait and I was like, I'm not getting off the phone until you tell me. <laughs> so because like you have to change things, right? If, oh, if something's not right, you have to change it. That's how I see everything. And now, and I mean, sometimes I know I realized it was uncomfortable for him because I would do it when he was like, on a golf trip with the boys. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I love them the same. Yeah. So he then got used to doing it. And now he's the first one that says it. And he even says it when we're texting. Well, that's awesome that that's how he's changed around. But yeah, that just goes to show about being raised in a toxic masculinity environment. I mean, my dad's the same. He's not very... I see his affectionate side now with my son because mm-hmm. I mean he loves all of us. He was always such a good dad. Your dad was but, like a dad uncle to me, and not a yeah. creepy rural Saskatchewan way. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I have to is, clarify like, that because yeah. where we're from, sometimes that that line is also blurred. <laughs> yeah, no, like he was always like such a great dad, but seeing him show affection to my son is really interesting because I mean me and my dad will talk on the phone and not even say bye to each other we just like hang up right but I think that's how he was raised because I don't think our grandma that we share I don't I don't remember her ever being super affectionate either or like vocal about that kind of stuff which is funny because my other side of the family is total opposites like they are huggers they you know are very close they tell each other they love each other all the time crazy like knowing both worlds I myself as a person I'm not very affectionate it's not one of like physical touch is not one of my love languages I don't really like being hugged but since my grandma on that side passed away I definitely am more conscious to make time for those people in my life Mm -hmm. especially my aunts and my uncles that are getting older and even like reconnecting with like 
not that I was ever discon- like super disconnected from you, but reconnecting with you more and even my cousin on the other side and just forming those relationships because they don't last forever. Like like you, I watched my grandma pass away. Right. And it was very bittersweet, but just having that time with her and the family and just it being so simple as just I love you is, I think, so important in a and a trend that needs to be broken is just showing each other affection and well and i guess like for me like the the approach i take is i mean it's always perceived as as being like weak or something like that mm-hmm. but here's the thing and i mean i justify things bizarrely in my brain because that's how i am mm-hmm. but i think it takes a way stronger person to say it especially like a, 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 a way stronger dude to yep. say it in front of their peers than the ones that don't oh you absolutely. know like i i think of like at work um the dudes that would like talk to their significant others and and the conversation with i love you majority of the guys gave them the gears for doing that and it's like hold up if you don't love them why are you with them well exactly but i think that's all just insecurity (laughs) like i think when men make fun of other men for quote-unquote being sensitive like i think it's just an insecurity because they're not secure enough to do it themselves i I agree and, and i've even i mean being a server I have overheard a lot of conversations between like men and the women in their lives and sometimes Mm -hmm. the way that like men talk about the women I'm like what the fuck like why is it like that like why are you why can't you just like love and dote on your wife and like know that that's okay and your buddies don't make fun of you well if your buddies make fun of you should they really be your buddies they're not your fucking you know? buddies. Like, I would never surround myself with somebody who puts down something that makes me feel good or my partner feel good. I, this is like, you're hitting like on every cylinder today. We should do this like regular. <laughs> I'm very, I remember once. I've had a lot of life experiences for my age and have had been forced to put into situations to reevaluate things. So I don't go fucking crazy. <laughs> That's fair. I remember like very vividly when I was like, I don't fit in the rig world. Mm-hmm. Um, we were, we were working away. Like, I can't even remember. It was some stupid town in the middle of nowhere. And we'd been gone for like weeks with no end date. Mm-hmm. And then we got an end date and we're like, I'm of course pumped. Cause I'm like, I'm going home. Right. And then a bunch of the dudes were like, oh, we should just say that we have to stay working and do a guy's trip to, I can't remember, the city. And we'll just get, like, a bunch of illicit drugs and sex workers. And, like, instantly it hit to me, and I was like, you guys are all older than me. And that seems like such a stupid thing. Like, if you hate home, change home. If you don't like your significant enough that you want to, like, stay away further 
and occupy your time with X. Like you got to change things. So I said, I was like, I'm not going. And instantly I was like teased. And it's like, what, what's going on here? Like how I don't, I don't get this. So yeah, that was like, that was one of my, my shining moments when I knew that, well, not that I knew that I dreamed that the oil field wasn't for me. Cause it was like, why like home is supposed to be your place, you know? And when you're away from home, the first thing you want to do is go home, not stay away from home longer. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's one thing I guess with me, um, is home is old because I bounced around so much, right? Like from this family to this family, to this family, to here, to there, to everywhere. Um, I've always had a really strong need for home. Mm-hmm. And home for me has always been the farm. You know, like has I it? grew up where I grew up, but that's always been home. That's always where like my heart feels right. I feel good. And lots of people didn't know. Um, I used to go home every year around my birthday, to, like to the farm. Yeah. Because we lost grandpa on my birthday. But I would go and it would be like my annual, like emotional housekeeping. Yeah. And it was just like, it wasn't even doing anything. It was just like, you know, sitting, remembering, you know, that sort of thing. Um. And it was really profound when we were there the last time, us three boys, because like my youngest brother, he is not emotionally in tune, dude. He's great. He's <laughs> awesome. He's amazing. And he was pretty young at this time. And he, my brothers don't have the same connection to the farm as I do. Yeah. Right. So we were sitting out on this on this tree like over a dugout and it was fun and we were kind of adults but not super adults it was right right around the time that like grandma went into a home okay so we were all sitting there and my and it, it kind of dawned on me that it was like we're adults but we're you know we're still kind of kids too you know like this is what 10 year old kids do hang out on a tree over a dugout talking mm-hmm. about throwing each other in and my little brother my littlest brother was like you know and out of the blue unprompted because this is how his life works um he was just like you know this might be the very last time we all do this together and it hit and it was like holy you know you're you're a hundred percent right And I think it kind of like registered with all of us just differently because the next few minutes, like everything was quiet. It wasn't awkward. It was just like we all kind of like took it in Mm -hmm. because it very well was like the last time. Right. So, yeah, it's a it's a thing. I think recognizing those like last time things are quite like special moments because they happen so often in our life. Like there's going to be there's a last time that your mom picked you up when you were a kid. And like, there's a last time, you know, that you said bye to your grandma. And like, there's so many last times. So once you realize that you're in them, you're just kind of like, holy shit. Yeah. I think, I think on like 
I don't know for me in my in my journey of not being a frosted tip Hurley shirt wearer <laughs> is like recognizing them and appreciating them. Yeah. You and know, just being like those moments. Well, and being open to it, like open mm-hmm. to accepting it. Open to the vulnerability of those moments, which I think is hard for a lot of people too. Yeah. I I always joke um because I mean I am pretty private. You're lucky you're you. And now these now people can hear all this like stuff about last. But for me, there's like a couple things that I've noticed in my adult life that are so reflective of like moments back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm addicted to coffee. Everyone yeah. on earth knows this. And I smoke cigarettes. The two most comforting smells to me and not like stinky secondhand smoke, but like a residual sort of faint smoke, because that's what grandpa smelled like to me. Yeah. That's always what I remember is like cigarettes and instant coffee. I've tried my whole life adventuring through instant coffee to get the same like right ratio and I can't get it but for me those are two scents like I smell them and instantly it's like a calming kind of happy smell like Mm -hmm. I don't I mean rank secondhand smoke is gross but yeah it's just like it's it's a smell and I I, for a long time couldn't figure out why because I hated the taste of coffee forever yeah but I love the smell. And I was like, this is why. Like, this is 100% why. And it's, I think, like, accepting it, you know, and being like, this this is important to me. And this is something that's, you know, had a profound impact on my life. And it's something as simple as, like, coffee and cigarettes. God, that well, sounds so ill-willy. It does, but it, I mean, it doesn't sound silly though, because you have a bunch of emotions and memories attached to that. And scientifically, actually, smell is um, the most attachment to memories is attached to smell, and they last mm-hmm. the longest in like our brain. Right. And I mean, I feel that like there's a smell that my grandma's house, like my mom's mom, had that like I can't replicate, but I smell it when I walk into the cabin and sometimes when I walk into the house and it just like, instantly puts me in her house it reminds like brings up all these memories I have a few of them there's like another smell that reminds me of an apartment or in a basement suite that I lived in a medicine hat like it's smell is a a crazy reminder of things it's it's it I don't know it's pretty neat it's it's interesting to me I mean like I obviously understood the association do you want to know one smell that I can't stand yeah Yardley's lavender Oh, really? Because grandma had it in her bathroom. And it was such like an overpowering smell (laughs) that like anytime I smell it, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Nivea Nivea lotion reminds me of grandma. Oh, yeah. No, it's because when I got older, all grandma ever wanted for like any sort of gift was Yardley's lavender. So and funny. I'm like, it's the worst smell on earth. 
like um a super funny with grandma and i couldn't place it for years is i always really like the smell of chanel number five. Oh yes 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 and like and not and like i really liked it like holy this is the best smelling thing in the whole world um and then i was talking about it as i was older because obviously when you're young it's just like a smell is a smell yeah but i was talking about it as a as i was older with grandma and she was like that's what i always wore i was like yeah, huh. it was well thank goodness none of my girlfriends wear it because that'd be weird but no that smell like anywhere is like oh now i know exactly why why, why i like that smell right yeah. so yeah it's uh it's we got to do these more often these oh, are absolutely. i got lots to talk about what do you work next friday i don't i don't work on fridays well, let's touch base during the week and we'll figure out another topic. Because even though we wandered off topic, you know the best part about my podcast? It it's about mind. whatever. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I got lots of stuff to talk about. I can talk about well, anything. That's the amazing. Disarray our world is in, the fucked up patriarchy, sexuality, abusive Well, I got it all. I, I, I'm kind of a simpleton, hey. I kind of, I, I kind of talk about sticks and rocks, and <laughs> we'll we'll touch base this week and we'll figure out something because I already have an idea. Okay, sounds awesome. Sound cool? Yes. All right. Thanks so much for being part of this. Thanks for having me. Adios. Have a good day, homie. See ya. You too. Oh, bye. Bye.